Welcome to the Whistleblower Newsroom. I'm Christina Borgeson. A few weeks ago, lawyer Dapali Oja, head of the legal cell of the Indian Bar Association, announced that her organization had filed a petition against the World Health Organization and its chief scientist in India, Dr. Sumia Swaminathan, for causing COVID deaths in India via various acts of omission and commission, including suppressing the use of ivermectin and running a disinformation campaign against the drug. Today, Ms. Oja is back to speak on behalf of an Indian NGO called the Human Rights Security Council to talk about a complaint with a long list of particulars that they have submitted to the president, the prime minister, and the minister of home affairs in India asking for investigations and prosecutions of quote, toxic philanthropist and vaccine syndicates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and all the anti-national, anti-humanity elements, bioterrorists, pharma syndicates, tech syndicates, and tech bullies who are involved in offenses against entire humanity, which are genocide, mass murders, of the citizens caused by their acts of commission and omission related to COVID-19 pandemic, close quote. The complaint also requests that people not be forced to take the vaccines and that they be informed about the dangers of the vaccines and told about other proven safe and effective medicines for treating COVID. Welcome to Polly. Thank you, Christina. Thank you for having me on the program. So this is, this is quite a complaint and I wanna start with the big fish, okay? Yes. The complaint is asking Interpol to arrest to issue arrest warrants for Gates, Fauci, and Tedros, for example. Tedros is head of the World Health Organization. So talk about the charges against these people. Okay. Now, this is a very comprehensive complaint, and it, it covers uh, several issues. Uh, it primarily includes the current crimes against humanity, which have been inflicted on all of us with this announcement of COVID pandemic and you know what things which follow this uh, management or in response to this pandemic, which includes uh, lockdowns, which uh, we are of the opinion that they are illegal. We are being illegally uh, restrained in our homes and our movement is restricted since last March, March 2020. So illegal lockdowns, then we find the mask uh, mandates as very unscientific. And there are scientific studies to prove that masks would do more harm than good because, because a person would inhale a high amount of carbon dioxide and would not get fresh oxygen. And if this practice is continued for a prolonged period, he's going to suffer and he, his lungs would be definitely affected. And we, we are very sure that you know uh, this would compound the effect and a person who is normally healthy would maybe fall sick, his health would be compromised if he is made to wear masks throughout, like for the whole day uh, when he is outside. And in fact, we had some uh, very unscientific mandates coming in here in India where they said you have to put two masks because one is not sufficient and maybe wear masks indoors. So, you know, we uh, there's no limit to unscientific mandates which are coming in. So illegal uh, lockdowns, unscientific mandates around the mask and uh, then the vaccines which uh, we feel they are not vaccines per se. They are injections, what we call them as jabs. And uh, there is a lot of scientific evidence that is coming in which say that uh, mRNA vaccines 
would not uh, you know they are they would not protect a person from uh, contracting covid totally so they say that uh, if a person can contract covid even after vaccination like there is a breakthrough infection as they call it he has to still wear mask he has to still follow covid appropriate behavior so our question is um, what 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 kind of vaccines are these because they are not providing immunity and in fact uh, there is a, a, what we call as um, uh, you know uh, the antibodies which would be developed after uh, having uh, administering the vaccine and when they come in contact with the real virus maybe the immune system uh, would react so strongly that there would be a say what what they call it a cytokine storm right and uh, would do more harm and happen. people would land up in the hospitals maybe in the icus and they would not uh, you know uh, they would be facing grave danger so this is what um, you know the scientific data that has been evolved since the vaccines have been administered uh, since 20, early 2021 what we are seeing so what's happening these are like crimes against humanity in broad daylight and uh, these have been brought to the notice of all uh, the heads of the state and uh, the relevant officials who are in power and you know who are in charge of controlling the response and uh, designing the response and when the public opinion is so much against what is currently being uh, ordered or what we are expected to follow they expect uh, you know a quick action on these and immediately and an immediate action which would mitigate the loss and put a stop to the loss which is currently happening so uh, when we say about the uh, arrest warrants the lookout notices of interpol we are referring to the people who are not in india so obviously um, you know they are uh, the parties who are we are joined in as uh, the accused in this complaint and we have requested the authorities to take necessary actions and to utilize the powers that they are uh, restored with and uh, to you know bring back these persons to wherever the location they are in so th- this is the first point for people who are joined in as accused but who are not residing in india so that is uh, the request for lookout notices so so hold on first of all um you're not at you i noticed in the complaint you want a judge to decide within 2 months you want a judge appointed and decide and to decide on these cases within 2 months so in the in the meantime you're saying interpol should be alerted that these people are you know are are charged with these crimes is that is that the is that what you're saying to me okay so we we leave it uh, to the decision of uh... Uh, and it's a prerogative of the authorities to whom we have addressed this complaint to right. we have put in our suggestion that you know a fast track court could be formed and there have been instances in the past where looking at the gravity seriousness and uh, the the call for an immediate action upon some wrong which has happened in the society which affects lives of all people there are fast track courts so you know a similar court could be formed we have in fact suggested names of few eminent uh, people who could be appointed as judges and uh, they would be in charge of uh, summoning uh, the people who whom we have joined in as accused and record their statements and uh, take the process of law ahead so it is entirely their prerogative how they would want to take it ahead so let's let's take each person because i think americans are very interested in what this um complaint says for example about gates and what it says right at the start is he's done this before 
Yes. Uh, yes. It, it talks about the Gates Foundation funding a um, an HPV vaccine experiment. Could you talk about that? Yes, yes. So it was in July 2009 that uh, there is this NGO based in Seattle uh, by name PATH, P-A-T-H, which is Program for Appropriate Technology in Health. And this is funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So this particular uh, uh, organization path along in association with ICMR, which is the premier research body in India, Indian Council for Medical Research. They launched this HPV, administration of HPV vaccines. HPV That's the human papilloma. Papilloma virus. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it is supposed to prevent uh, cervical cancer in women. So this was launched in two states, the then Andhra Pradesh, which now is Telangana state. Now, when the they came in, when they came in, they said that this was going to be a demonstration okay. and yes. observational observational project, study, not exper va experimental vaccine. No, right? no. In fact, Christina, uh, in addition to you know uh, putting forth these uh, experiments as demonstration studies, they made it appear to be part of the national immunization program. So what we understand from the report, the 72nd parliamentary report is, in fact, they used a logo of, uh, of an entity under the government of India, National Rural Health Mission, NRHM. And if, if we see the website of NRHM, it had no such mandate. So this logo was used illegally by them. And uh, it was kind of a PPP model, which is public-private partnership. So the 72nd report is talk, it talks about all these uh, issues, the serious grave issues in detail. So coming back to what, how they projected this particular trial was, it's a part of an immunization program and they targeted uh, tribal uh, girls in the state of Gujarat and in state of, then state of Andhra Pradesh, now it is Telangana state. And some 14,000 girls in state of Telangana and around 16,000 girls in the state of Gujarat were administered these HPV vaccines. And these girls were in the age of 10 to 14 years age. Oh, my God. Right. And uh, they were essentially uh, tribal girls. And uh, in fact, few girls in the state of uh, Telangana, they were not staying with their parents. They were staying in some residential school. So there was this issue of consent. So parents are considered as natural guardians in law. So uh, the consent forms had signature of wardens, the hostel wardens and not the parents. So parents were totally unaware what was being administered, what was injected in their, uh, you know, ch ch in their children's bodies. And um, the 72nd committee report, a detailed report, it also talks about informed consent, the rules around in informed consent being flouted royally. And uh, we so see- So what happened? What was the, uh, what happened? I see that eight, Eight girls yes, died. Eight, eight girls died, and there and some uh, faced very severe adverse reaction to the vaccines, like uh, uh, severe stomach ache, uh, giddiness, and uh, early onset of menstruation in few girls, and heavy blood flow. So these were the side effects, and um, uh, and, and and there is a doubt around. There are, there are concerns around these adverse events being tracked as they should have been, as per the guidelines set. 
Now, is there a judgment against Gates for that particular uh, incident? This particular matter is subjudice. There is a case filed by an NGO in Supreme Court of India, and uh, the matter is still being heard. So uh, you would see, like you know, when when the next next hearing is being scheduled. So That's a is, long time ago, though. Yes, yes, that's a long time. So uh, while we, uh, you know, uh, began covering this particular case in detail, we did pull out the uh, case status from the Supreme Court website, and we see that, uh, you know, it has uh, not been taken up for hearing for quite some time now. Do you think they're just dragging their feet? I mean, now you're asking them to consider him as a, you know, criminal against humanity, you know? Yes. So, so... Okay, so in you talk about Gates, you talk about you know his close uh, connection to who he's a big funder of who, um, you know Dr. Peter Bregan. He has a book coming out in his, in his book. He he claims, and I'm just alleges I'm going to say that uh, who Tedros was very reluctant to uh, declare the pandemic COVID a pandemic. And, but he did so literally the day after he received a, an additional $50,000, $50 million, $50 million from um, Gates. So I, I don't know. That's an allegation. Um, and maybe Bregan should be talked about. But anyway, we know that who... I, we know that Gase is going to uh, is obviously making money off of these vaccines or, you know, he has yes. investments and so on. But um, this connection with who is very important. Of course, that brings us to Ted Rose and the fact that uh, talk about the who's influence and what the who's, you know, infractions or crimes are in this case. Right. So uh, this is not the first time that we are experiencing uh, this pandemic. We had an experience in the year 2009, the H1N1 uh, swine flu. At that time, it was a false alarm, a false pandemic. And uh, you see, they, they had attempted a similar uh, experiment in 2009, which, uh, you know, uh, which we could thwart at that moment. So this time they have come up with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, preparations around it. And uh, they, they are fully prepared as to how this is being executed. And it is very clear from, you know, their act of changing the definition of pandemic, where they are insisting on the number of cases, rather than insisting on how uh, quickly the virus is spreading, the infection is spreading. So, and, and you see there are, there are a lot of inconsistencies. The first virus case was found in China in, towards the end of uh, 2019. But there was a lot of delay in, uh, you know, WHO letting the world know that there have been such cases in China. So that, and then when few few countries close their borders uh, to people coming in from China, we we could we could uh, we could see Dr. Tedros, uh, you know, admonishing or rather expressing his, uh, you know, he was not very happy when countries close their borders because he said that there is no proof of human to human transmission. And, uh, oh, he said that back then. Yes, yes. So there is no, there is no such case as human to human uh, case found of human to human transition. So we should not discriminate and you know uh, like this action of uh, stopping people from China entering these countries which had closed their borders is not appropriate. That is what he, his statement was in early 2021. And uh, then uh, it came up that okay, fine. Uh, 
you know, it is it is found to be infectious. So suddenly you close uh, uh, all the borders, and you know nobody is allowed to fly from uh, fly anywhere. The international flights come to an halt. Uh, the countries within within the countries, the district borders are sealed. Suddenly, I mean, uh, we expected WHO to be on top of it to know if at all this was this we consider this to be true. and genuine so they should they, they are the premier health organization so ideally they should have known they should have known the correct facts and they should have been prompt enough to share with all countries so we could have taken uh, proactive yeah, but, measures well, but you know as you say um the who declared the h1n1 a, a pandemic which opened the way for the sale of massive sales of uh vaccines okay which left and and the person who uh, you know Dr uh, Dr Wodard Wolfgang Ward Wodard documented how you know um they had these contracts they made these contracts very lucrative contracts they called them sleeper contracts with uh with these vaccine makers and the governments did and then all of a sudden the pandemic was declared vaccines were sold and um next thing you know the, the so-called pandemic fizzles out and people and the governments have lost all this money they're holding millions of vaccines so now we fast forward to you know pandemic 2.0 covid and again the death rates the infection rates all the rates are not yet showing except because of the change of the definition of a pandemic there it's you know it's all, it's like a a regular not just that it's like a it's not like a regular flu because it's not a regular flu but it is a virus that can be controlled through early uh treatment okay treatment, yes. and one of the things that you your your uh this complaint keeps talking about is how uh early treatment and and these drugs that help ayurvedic medicine that helps i i didn't yes. even know about yes. that ayurvedic yes. medicine that takes care of it uh ivermectin that takes care of all these things that take care of it uh have been suppressed so that this vaccine can be these vaccines can be sold and the vaccines are turning out to be quite you know deadly for a certain percentage of people and people are, well you know it's just a certain for a lot of people have taken this but uh, excuse me why should anybody die of the vaccine if you can if you can treat the disease without yes. doing that and also they suppress information about the fact that if you allow your own immune system to take care of this with the help of the these medicines that are harmless you know um your your system can deal with the variants that come along as opposed to when you take the vaccine your yes. system might actually overreact to yes. variants and because of these vaccines so you're not just you're not just creating injury and death immediately upon taking but you're also you know creating future possibilities for grave you know grave illness and death and also you know the injuries are are quite debilitating you know that they that have been reported yes. so all this is connected to this money making enterprise yes 
Um, and, and, and what I find so interesting, and then we'll move on to, uh, I, I want you to talk about um, Fauci. What I yes. found so, find so interesting is that it's countries like India who are coming up with these legal complaints. You know, there are a few legal complaints here, but they have not yet risen to the level of, you know, you guys are, uh, you, Bill Gates, and you, Tedros, and you, Zuckerberg, uh, and you, Fauci, are, you know, criminals against humanity. So I've, I, I find it very interesting. But, but countries like India and other countries uh, that have large, poor populations have been have been used as the guinea pig pool yes. for vaccines yes. and other medicines. So it makes sense that you guys would be the ones right. to do it too. So let's talk about Fauci. Uh, what what are his crimes that are being detailed in here? Right. So uh, here in India, we have we have witnessed you know multiple occasions when uh, Dr. Fauci has uh, provided or rather issued statements in India's response to COVID of late. Uh, like uh, on on one occasion, uh, he had issued a statement that um, you know uh, there should be strict lockdowns. While while we had overcome the second wave in India, it was around March. March end or start of April, uh, there was a statement saying that India of should year, of this year, this 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 year, this year. Okay. So we had these statements coming in oh. in 2021, and of course we know, uh, you know, what what his uh, weight or his heft is in US, wherein uh, he day in day out, you know, we have mandates coming from Dr. Fauci, and literally he is he seems to be the. Uh, sole authority who is uh, designing a response to the pandemic or rather he has a lot of weight in uh, deciding what yes. kind of response yes. should be. So we could see the repercussions here in India on few occasions, as I said, uh, one uh, once when he said India should get into strict lockdowns. And that was the phase when we were trying to open up because see the economy has taken a severe hit. There are people, there are uh, several people, people are facing psychological issues. There are multiple suicide cases which are being reported because people are feeling hapless. They don't know where to go. They are made to sit inside, locked inside their homes. Then their occupation, their professions are affected and they don't see light at the end of tunnel. So what, what do they, what do they uh, see in the future? And moreover, everybody here would have, you know, the home loans, the EMIs, which they need to pay. So there are fixed liabilities. And suddenly when the revenue stream is stopped, and with you know no possibility in near future that you know one would resume his revenue stream then there are children education uh, there are household expenses which have to be taken care of so, so he he actually stepped in recently to say you've got to go back into your home uh, it, this was if i recollect correctly it was around march uh, april yeah march april 2021. We, we, I have the newspaper reports in the mainstream media where it in fact appeared as a headline in one of the dailies that uh, Dr. Fauci has advised not to open up, not to you know open up in haste and uh, uh, there should be stricter lockdowns in India if uh, COVID infections uh, need to be controlled. So this, you know, so we, I, I mean, I, I don't know who had solicited his advice, if at all anybody from media had solicited, but mainstream media had reported it. 
kind of trying to create a pressure, external pressure. So I see that as a lot of politicization, wherein you know we have Dr. Fauci commenting on India's response. Now we were seeing photographs of you know tons of bodies in India being buried, hmm. ton- people you know, dead in the rivers and so on and so forth. Can you talk about those images and were they real? Were they not uh, yes. with this second yes. wave? Yes, so mainstream media uh, during the second wave where uh, people, they felt that people were a bit, uh, you know, slack and they were not adhering to COVID appropriate behavior uh, due to keep the level of fears constant. Uh, this was a you know, misreporting and misleading reporting in the media because the reports came out later that the footage which was being showed was it belonged to some earlier period and not this period, not of the COVID. So that came in later. And in fact, there is there is a very in- interesting incident. In the second wave, we had a lot mainstream media reporting of a lot of deaths going to shortage of oxygen in hospitals. And uh, the news, uh, you know, it, it it ran continuously for 10, 15 days for a fortnight or so with you know, these cases being reported in several states in India. Then when the matter went to Supreme Court, it was around COVID management. The Supreme Court, Suomoto on its own, had taken, clubbed all the cases belonging to all states in India to itself. And it was deciding on several aspects of COVID management, which included uh, this uh, you know, uh, management of oxygen cylinders, the supply of oxygen cylinders. And there was an audit committee which was established. And when uh, the audit committee started its work, we could see that suddenly the news vanished from the newspapers. And you know, we had authorities reporting that, no, we have sufficient uh, oxygen cylinders and there is no scarcity of oxygen cylinders. In fact, there is a, there is a new, new news reporting in the mainstream media. It is updated somewhere around 26th of June, 2021. And the report says that the audit committee of Supreme Court has come up with a finding that Delhi, which is our national capital, it had uh, put up uh, the oxygen demand four times than what it actually needed. So you see the numbers that uh, it seems to be were uh, fudged and there was a, like, you know, a hype created around that there is no oxygen supply and people are dying because of oxygen supply. So only when this was audit committee started its work, we saw the news you know, the, just vanishing from the mainstream media reporting. The other thing I noticed was now, when was your, when did Swaminathan put out all that information? Of, uh, 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 when did she tweet that tweet about ivermectin? That was the 10th May, 2021. See, this is interesting because that happens. Next thing you know, there's the second, the surge, the second wave of, um, and then, but these states anyway, went along with ivermectin and that surge died yes very quickly yes yes in fact there is an interesting uh, you know uh, incident which uh, in, in fact i would like to update you about the last interview when we met it was uh, around the first notice which we had issued to dr somya swaminathan indian bar association has issued a second notice legal notice on june 13th I'll explain to you what was the trigger for issuing the second notice. See, um, the first notice went out on 25th of May and uh, it was widely circulated on social media on all possible platforms. And you could see that the, uh, you know, the discussions around ivermectin, uh, you know, they had uh, become very intense and we had 
uh, lot of uh, research papers clinical data coming in in support of ivermectin and other drugs and other therapies which were which were proven to be effective if administered early uh, in the early stage to control covid so um around the same time uh, suddenly out of blue we had news in the mainstream media around 7th of june that the health ministry removes ivermectin hydroxychloroquine doxycycline zinc and other popular drugs from the national protocol believe me this was the news in the mainstream media and we had flood of calls the indian bar association office saying that okay you guys have issued a notice but see what has happened the ministry of health has removed ivermectin hydroxychloroquine and other drugs so we just uh, you know left everything all that was in the hand and we decided to you know we we, we just uh, ran into the websites to find out what 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 was it all about so see the extent of misinformation it was not the health ministry who had removed these drugs from its protocol as of today hydroxychloroquine ivermectin they are there in the national protocol uh, which is dated 24th of may 2021 it is there on the website anybody can go and verify there is a unit under health ministry dghs directorate general of health services it is under the health ministry and uh, it is it is a repository so its function is to uh, be uh, function as a repository and it is more of a technical advisory to the health ministry and it would advise the health ministry on uh, you know matters like uh, medical education public health and so on so we never had protocols national protocols coming in from dghs never since the onset of pandemic till date it was always uh, the national protocol has always come from the national task force which comprises of aims which is all india institute of medical science and icmr indian council of medical research under government of india so the document would have logos of all these three entities and you know it, there is always a date and a version mentioned because we have protocols being revised you know uh, on a regular basis so obviously there is a date mentioned on the protocol now the, if if one has a look at this dghs protocol which they came up with you see it is not dated there is no date it is a nine page document it doesn't have a date and uh, there is no version control and it's all of a, all of a sudden and it's the only protocol which has come till now there is there is no revision now who did it past. who did it and how how did that come about well that is that is that is a part of investigation that we would be requesting in because uh, and and then you know what we had to clarify to everyone we call for uh, uh, an agency even though it's a government agency to put out a, a protocol notice when they're not mandated to do that and yes. it's a protocol notice that countermands the national protocol the yes the yes yes so as i said the national protocol the revised national protocol by the health ministry had come on 24th of may and this particular protocol by dghs if you see on the website it was published on 27th of may but the mainstream media reported it only on 7th of june and dr samay swaminathan on 7th of june immediately tweets tagging the health ministry she is uh, expressing her happiness that okay good that ivermectin and other things have been removed for good and evidence based medicine is the way to go and now the physicians would have a clarity on you know what to prescribe and what not to prescribe so good that the guidelines have come in yes the tweet is there you could go and check her so uh, oh my god she's done it again she's done it again 
So uh, that was the trigger. That was the cause of action for issuing the second notice. And and this is uh, despite the fact that there is a judgment from High Court of Bombay dated twenty eighth of May, which is in support of ivermectin. You remember the Goa case which we had discussed yes, last yes, time. There were yes. petitions in Goa. So the judgment of Bombay High Court had come on twenty eighth of May, and then there was another public interest litigation. in the state of maharashtra so again there is a, a different judgment from bombay high court dated 16th of june which which again is support of ivermectin and the government of india and the state government have filed affidavits saying that this inclusion of ivermectin is on basis of studies but why is the government doing something about her so now we, we would we would we would we would have we have requested them these these issues have been included see the scope of our complaint simply widened you know after the first legal notice was issued and this this complaint the latest complaint of uh, you know hrsc which is 132 page complaint comprehensive in this we have clubbed all the issues earlier it was we were focusing only on you know the what's happening around the suppression of early treatments but now uh, we have covered extended it to cover the vaccination part also so uh, now it is up to it, it is a state responsibility to book somebody you know for a wrong that person has committed so we have requested them and if if you read the this 132 page complaint the complainant states that this is not affecting his rights or uh, i'll just read it out it says it, it will not affect his rights to uh, approach the courts for redressal of his issues so that is Who's open right? for him whose rights the complainant the complainant oh oh, oh. yes okay so so we would we would and as and and uh, we we had a major reshuffle this complaint uh, ibs representation letter has been submitted on 1st of july we we have a portal a dedicated portal wherein we can upload upload the complaint which we submit to our honorable president and honorable prime minister and we get a ticket number reference number and we can track the status so iba has uploaded its representation letter on 1st of july then on uh, 6th july we had a major reshuffle and um, there was a reject of the entire cabinet what does that mean what is so our, our our prime minister mr narendra modi has reshuffled his cabinet we had 30 we have 36 new faces included in the cabinet This is is that a good reason. thing or a bad thing? Yes, we 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 see it as a very positive sign and a very encouraging sign, and uh, we look forward to you know a very bigger uh, and you know some uh, definitely positive uh, outcome from it. So there are thirty six new faces, and our health minister and his deputy have resigned. We have a new health minister now. And what do you know about him? and his attitude towards uh these early treatment protocols and the vaccines and so on yes so he he had an additional charge he was already in the ministry before he had a charge of uh, chemicals and fertilizers ministry and uh, so we are we are yet to it's, it's like a very new just a week that this reshuffle has happened so uh, we will definitely you know uh, read more about check in to him yeah yes so so in. these um this complaint also goes after all the big media moguls okay yes. goes after yes. zuckerberg goes after uh let me see twitter chief jack dorsey chief executive officer of twitter steve chen chad hurley and jawed karim of youtube which is google 
and Arvin Kejrawal, who is the chief minister of Delhi. Now, yes. I, I want you to talk about that, but I also want you to talk about this toolkit that was mentioned in this. Could you talk about that? Yes. So um, around, uh, around May, May 2021, we had a document coming in, uh, you know, in the pub, in, on the social media. And it supposedly it was a toolkit uh, prepared by the opposition party. And it had some, uh, you know, uh, very unpleasant uh, contents wherein it was uh, mentioned as to you know how the narrative should be run, as to how the ruling party has failed to get a you know a appropriate response to the pandemic. So there were uh, you know things written as to how we should carry on this narrative to basically uh, you know the putting the ruling party uh, not in a very uh, good light so this was what it was all about and it leaked in the social media now obviously there was like intense discussions around it that it's not being the author authentic document somebody has doctored the document so there was this investigation uh, which is uh, you know uh, taken around initiated around this and somebody from the uh, a person from the ruling party had uh, posted it on his twitter account and twitter had labeled it as a misleading tweet and there was like a lot of furor over it uh, because uh, there they, they were, they were uh, you know a strong opposition or rather strong objection to this action of twitter in india uh, you know pointing out that it has not shown this alacrity to several other instances where you know there was like a, a, you know a lot of hate and uh, religious hatred being spread out or objectionable content which was posted and which was not removed by Twitter then. So uh, there was this internal, uh, you know, uh, sort of discussion and furor around this incident. So, that is what it is all about. So let's talk about Twitter and uh, Twitter's role and Facebook's role and uh, you know, uh, YouTube's role in this whole thing. You, I see you, in the um, complaint, you copied verbatim YouTube's, YouTube's guideline policy. Yes. policy guideline. Medical policy. Yeah. Medical policy of YouTube. Yeah. And uh, yes, so it specifically states that there should not be any discussion or rather there should not be any statements which, uh, uh, you know, propose or rather which present hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin as the early treatments or, you know, something, some, any, any stuff which would doubt the efficiency and effectiveness of vaccines. So these things should be avoided on uh, YouTube and other platforms. So now our question is, uh, what, what, what is the solid ground or do they have, uh, you know, medical professionals, experts who would, who has drafted this medical policy and is there a scientific basis for which uh, they have come up with such a medical policy? And we see a lot of censorship going around ivermectin oh. videos. In the, censorship. in the guidelines, in the guidelines, they say this is according to who policies, right? Yes, 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 yes. So, so they they uh, reference their medical policy or rather the rationale for their medical policy to whose guidelines. So they are just uh, you know. So it all goes back to who? Yeah, yes, yes. So we can certainly see the linkages and uh, we can see where it is coming from. And uh, we are witnessing a lot of censorships of, uh, you know, video videos being removed who uh, explain or who rather talk about the effectiveness. Of you that. can't be on YouTube, my dear. You cannot be. <laughs> yes, so there are, there are a lot of shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's right. That's right. You had mentioned it last time. Yeah. That, 
Yeah. So, so, all right. So these are the things that, you know, you have a list of 10 things um, in here. I I just want to read it because it, it's, it's always good to get everything in one big lump so people can see how big this really is. You said, um, here are the acts of commission and omission that uh, these uh, media people, okay, created fake data, suppressed and dishonestly concealed actual data, twisted the material facts, created narratives and conspiracy theories. Um, No, this is, this is all, all the uh, culprits, not just the media. Uh, I'm sorry. So let's go back. Created fake data, suppressed and dishonestly concealed the actual data, twisted material facts, created narratives and conspiracy theories, prepared policies of YouTube, Twitter, Facebook to suppress and stop the truth and real information reaching the public, removed the original and scientific information from platforms like YouTube, Twitter, and others on the basis of bogus policies, which are against the scientific data, Published bogus and sponsored fact checks. Oh, fact yeah. Checks. oh yeah, there's a whole consortium yes. of media yes. outlets doing the yes. fact checking. Fact checks. To counter the truth and to create confusion in the mind of common public and to discourage the people, scientists, and doctors who do possess real scientific data. Managed to take control of government health agencies of many countries to get the policies and rules framed to suit their ulterior purpose, which is massive marketing of vaccines. This is like the infinite vaccination program right here. Yes. Vaccination. Yes. Program. Yes. yes. It's, it's infinite because you have to keep getting it to update. So, right. Right. Um, allowed the people to die, but ensured that people should not get the easily available, safe and affordable, affordable medicines such as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D3, et cetera, Ayurvedic and naturopathic treatments, which would can be- Can I add? Go ahead. Can I add something regarding yes. Ayurvedic? Yes. So we have a very, uh, a very uh, you know, a historic moment here on 5th of July. Uh, we, for the information of uh, all the audience, we have a ministry by name Ayush, A-Y-U-S-H. So that is an abbreviation for- um, Ayurveda, uh, Y stands for yoga and naturopathy, uh, S stands for Siddha, H is for homeopathy, and uh, U is for Unani. So these are ancient traditional Indian medicines tried and tested for hundreds of years and which are being practiced even today. And there are lots of people who have faith in, in this uh, medical systems. So we had this Ayush ministry launching five new portals on 5th of July, 2021. And yes, and so purpose, the bottom line, the purpose, which is to to help the knowledge of these alternative medicines reach the whole world. And they are going to conduct clinical trials in Ayurveda, and they are going to post it on the platform of WHO, their clinical registry. Yes, yes. So I, I just wish to inform everybody. And what is, how, how can the public access that portal? Is There is, there is a portal, a separate portal for Ayush ministry. So okay. one can, and how do you spell this, it? How do you spell it? A-Y-U-S-H, Ayush. 
Okay. So if you just put Ayush Ministry in Google, yes, yes. You'll you'll okay. Well, that is that's wonderful. So the last thing on here was um, this entire conspiracy was done to create fear in the minds of people so that the vaccine can be portrayed as the only alternative to save their lives. And this would pave the way for easy emergency use authorization yes. of the unapproved vaccine. So this is, this is all sort of a list of particulars of the crimes, but then you get into the crimes against humanity, obviously, all the deaths resulting from uh, the vaccines, the deaths resulting from lockdowns, yes. uh, you know, de deaths resulting, and, and also, um, you're not allowed to except this goes back obviously to uh, to the Nuremberg uh, statutes you know the statutes that came out of the Nuremberg trials which is yes. you know you can't experiment on human beings yes yes okay and and you know I think it's really appropriate that this is all coming out of India because yeah you your people have been experimented on historically a lot. The Africans have the same thing, Latin Americans, you know, Peru, et cetera. So, uh, you know, you mentioned, and I don't know if, if I, I was looking at this, you mentioned that there are 11 countries have banned the vaccine. Now, are you just talking about um, the um, AstraZeneca vaccine? Yes, so we checked with the complainant what he, uh, you know, what he was exactly referring to. So this was the early period when vaccines were newly introduced and there were uh, blood clotting incidents. And right. the, yes, the, it was halted in around, that is what he has conveyed to us. So Moderna, not Moderna, this AstraZeneca vaccine was being halted and several countries, uh, you know, they rejected or rather said no, denied administering AstraZeneca to their citizens. So that is what he is referring to. The, now, the other thing that uh, this thing calls for is uh, the protection of whistleblowers so yes. that they can come forward. And yes. um, so how realistic is it that you're going to get some kind of action on this complaint? Yes. So um, yes, we would we would we would see how it fits in the legal frame because a whistleblower protection is rather than you know uh, no not whistleblower protection. I'm talking about this entire complaint. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure when they receive this, you know, the prime minister, etc., they're going to look at this and they're going to go, these people are asking us to go up against. I mean. Bill Gates is more powerful than most many nations. Yes, he had asked for a sovereign status also in WHO, which uh, he was denied to. So. Oh wow! Yeah. So he already thinks he's a nation unto <laughs> himself. But right. my point is, my point is, these. In the end, what it boils down to is, um, even though they represent the government of India. These are individuals who can be targeted for accepting your, your um, petition, your complaint, mm -hmm. and acting on it. Mm -hmm. Do you not view this as a dangerous document for those people? 
Uh, well, no, uh, we we don't uh, perceive it as, as being dangerous for them. See, these people they could be wealthy, they super rich, they are powerful, but that does not give them license to create uh, to you know uh, commit crimes against humanity. So, if they have done such a horrific crime, they need to be brought to the books. And uh, these are like our governments, our courts are sufficiently empowered to bring them to books. And as a vigilant citizens, it's our duty, our constitution. Uh, you know it casts a solemn duty on us to have a scientific temper question and uh, there has to be a spirit of inquiry so if we do not raise the voice now collective voice of everybody in the world because we are all in this together then uh, i think we would have uh, difficult times ahead and we would we would not be in a position to reclaim our freedom and our liberty if we don't raise the voice now so the best thing we can do to, right now and which is uh, warranted of everyone is to raise voice and to bring it to the attention of the head of the states and the authorities which have the power to take action on this so we have taken a step you know in this direction and we are hopeful because as i said after this complaint went in we witnessed uh, you know a rejig in the ministry with health minister uh, resigning and his deputy you think that this is a direct that there might be a direct there, yes we Uh, yes, certainly. Uh, there are sources on condition of anonymity. They have, uh, you know, conveyed to us that this could be one of the reasons why uh, this has uh, the rejig has happened, uh, and the health minister, uh, you know, he has resigned. And then this Ayush thing, which I uh, talked about, which came in on fifth of July. So this talks about alternative treatments. Now, at one hand, we are uh, witnessing a very strong attempts of suppression of all early treatments. So. our government has taken a very strong step in this direction of promoting or rather bringing to the knowledge of everyone to masses across not only in india across of these uh, ancient uh, indian medical systems which uh, are proven to be useful and you know they could be used for uh, early treatment of covid or managing covid effectively so we see we are seeing uh, a few positive developments and we are hopeful that you know the action would be taken on this uh, complaint too have any other countries that you know of um either uh, are 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 willing to um sign on sort of amicably <laughs> you know like filing amicus briefs on your in attachment to this uh complaint we have we have received uh, you know inquiries to know more about this complaint after this complaint uh, was filed on uh, 1st of july this has again reached worldwide through the social media platform so we had a lot of mails pouring in asking more about it you know who is the complainant and you know what is indian bar going to do about it and uh, they have expressed interest but they, they they would want they would want to seek some clarification and we need a clear cut structure a, a, you know a way to go how do we approach it so there is willingness from countries uh, it is in a very preliminary stage right now because they are still reading the complaint or maybe translating it in their regional languages and uh, uh, they would team up in their own country and you know then again approach us and you know we take it ahead together so this has in, been initiated uh, where uh, we have got mails and uh, i'm sure uh, several countries would join in because because it is affecting everyone these issues are not india specific everybody uh, has suffered and is continues to suffer because of the wrong doings of these people okay <clears throat> so let's talk about the penalties for these charges let's talk about the charges against gates for example what are the penalties 
it, talk about the charges and the penalties for, for each one. Right, right. So there are several sections of uh, Indian Penal Code that uh, the complainant has mentioned in, and uh, we, we also uh, would want the investigation to happen on those lines, uh, the sections which we have uh, you know, mentioned, and the most serious being Section 302, which is a punishment for murder. So these are clearly uh, crimes against humanity where people have lost their lives, continue to lose their lives. And uh, so this 302 is a punishment for murder, 302 section of Indian Penal Code. So the maximum punishment is uh, the death penalty or life imprisonment if convicted under Section 302. So he didn't actually go out and give people vaccinations and kill them. He didn't take a knife and kill people. You know, he didn't actually. So can he be charged with murder? He is a conspirator, right? He's, he is an active role as a conspirator. So he would definitely not go around each one, uh, you know, putting in jab, but he is the one who is a kingpin who has come up with this conspiracy and uh, he has executed the conspiracy through his, uh, you know, the organizations that he is uh, heading. So and controlling. I mean, do, certainly this charge would stand against him. How much control do you think um, Bill Gates has over, say, the World Health Organization, which has been the driving force for the globalization of these government policies that have resulted in so much damage? Well, I think his role is a very uh, major role he has because he is a major contributor to WHO. We have his uh, voluntary contributions and assist contributions. So his, the voluntary contributions of um, Melinda and uh, Bill Gates Foundation are quite considerable in WHO. And uh, he is also he has also invested in Gavi, which is the global um, vaccine alliance. So... You see, you see, and there are a lot of conflicts of interest wherein he has his money invested in WHO, which would dictate the nations how their policy should be. Like right now, every every they are advising every nation to uh, increase the health budget, so they would want taxpayers' money to be diverted to you know uh, buying of vaccines, building of COVID care centers and hospitals. So this is what you know we should be aware of where our tax money is going to go. And basically, it would land up in uh, the bank account of uh, Bill Gates because he is the vaccine manufacturer. So on one hand, he is a major contributor to the World Health Organization, which is a supposedly a premier uh, international health organization. And at the same time, he has uh, invested in pharmaceutical companies and vaccine alliances. So, so you see... You also, you also mentioned uh, Fauci's funding of... Uh, coronavirus research the gain of function research and the gain of function research that led yes. to people think the creation of of this virus or opened the the way for this virus too so um and of course he makes money off of the patents you know uh I yes guess. yes or the doctor david martin talks about. Yeah, David Martin has a whole thing on on um, patents. And Dr. David Martin, he's a he's a guy who's like, he basically, yeah, he basically, his investigations look at who who patented what yes. to show, like he was talking about the CDC 
you know, getting involved illegally pat patenting uh, the virus illegal and and you know it's very interesting his stuff. I all the I don't have a gr full grasp of all the details, but that's where it all begins. You know, first yes. you have to create the illness, and then you create the virus for the illness, and and it's it's quite nefarious. And the worst part about it is that a lot of taxpayer money. So we have we have been forced to fund <laughs> the implements of our of our own demise in a way. You know, it seems yes. like you know, and that's that's the greatest insult of all, I think. But anyway, moving moving past that, um, Tedros and Fauci, what are they up for in terms of criminal charges? Right, so Tedros, uh, Dr. Tedros is heading the World Health Organization and uh, he will be directly responsible for, uh, you know, all the repercussions that everyone, each person in each country is facing because of this pandemic. So he will be vicariously liable as being head of this organization because I don't, because of his acts of commission and omission. Because right. he, he, has, he has done nothing to bring in amends to, uh, you know, all the wrongdoings and because uh, people through all over the countries are now like shouting from the rooftops as to, you know, what, what kind of, uh, you know, the crimes are happening in the broad daylight and he has done nothing so that is uh, what his his culpability is in the in this uh, crimes against humanity and dr fauci as, as i said he is uh, you know driving in the response or he is using his authority as uh, the chief advisor there well also he had a hand in the research and the Yes. possible creation of this thing you right. know so we see there is a, there is a second round of investigation that is the that is uh, being initiated uh, to trace the origins of the virus and i had uh, i had watched a few senate hearings also where uh, dr fauci was being questioned on uh, his gain of function research by uh, uh, yes senators so yeah and then there is this uh, fire fauci act which had uh, come up and uh, i guess the investigation is on in the right US. right right so how um, we're running out of time, but I just want to ask you, um, how long do you think it's going to take to get a response when in the in the um, complaint itself, you said, well, this has had mm -hmm. to happen in two mm -hmm. months. So uh, we, we can track the status of this complaint on the online portal. So just a two uh, a couple of days back, we received a notification that this has been uh, assigned to a particular person. We have the name of the person and the contact number. So it has been assigned to a, a high level official. So I guess we could follow up with him directly because we have his email ID. And from there, we could take it up ahead because if there are some requests for information, they need some clarifications, we would always be there to help them out and uh, follow up on what action is being taken. Well, keep us posted. <laughs>